Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the Creative Imbalance Podcast. Like always, I am your host, Sean Siriani, and we got a great episode for you. Today on the show, we are joined with the professional comedian, Rebecca Reeds, and she's appeared all over the place from Just for Laughs on CBC, Sirius XM, etc., etc. She is absolutely seasoned in the comedy game and is funny as fuck. And like always on the show, we dive into her story. But around that, I want to say this is probably one of the most quality chats I've had on this series about the craft of stand-up comedy. From writing to performing to nuances, from bombings to victories. This is amazing. And I think you guys are really going to enjoy this one. Also, I want to mention on December the 26th, Rebecca is dropping her first comedy album. It's titled Buddy. And I think that's the perfect time right after the holidays. I don't know, things get a little fucking stressful. We're all visiting our families, so I'm so excited for that. And yeah, the day after Christmas, you got to check this out. Have a good laugh, decompress, loosen up. And I want to mention to anyone who's listening to this on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TalkShoe, or any of your favorite podcast listening apps, that each and every one of these episodes has its own homepage at www.girthradio.com. Over there, you'll see pictures of Rebecca in the studio, some videos of her performing live, maybe some upcoming dates, and where you can find her new album, Buddy. All right? So without further ado, we're going to get into this one. Here's Rebecca Reeds coming at you right now. Once again, Rebecca, nice to have you out today on this rainy, snowy day. I don't know what to call it. It's both. (laughs) Yeah, it is (laughs) nasty. The apocalypse is now, and uh, I'm happy you didn't cancel. Oh, no, thanks for having me. (laughs) Yeah, some people just wake up, they'll look out the window and be like, fuck this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can see why. It's a Yeah, no, I took a ride here. I didn't even take the bus. I was like, I can't. Yeah, (laughs) right on, right on. (laughs) It's going to crush my soul. Yeah, yeah. Well, you may not remember, but I met you about a year ago you were hosting a comedy brawl and that's where because i i looked you up i i was looking at because i wanted to recognize you obviously when i rolled through and i was like i know this man where did i meet this man i know this man yeah yeah and um it was cool like um I remember that day, just like a bunch of my friends came out mm-hmm. and you were doing the hosting and everything. Yeah. And like all my friends fell in love with you. They're, oh, they're like, this you. chick is awesome. <laughs> and and I, I know you just like sprinkled like some of your bits here and there, mm-hmm. which is like kind of what you got to do when you're a right. host too. But uh, yeah, it's uh, I ended up following you on like social media afterwards and like just like seeing some of your videos and like you seem like you had like a busy year this year. Oh, I did. Of- yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm so tired. It's hard because, like, when you have a good year, uh, it's you can't complain to other comedians about it, really, because yeah, yeah. you sound like an asshole. But it's like I'm so tired all the time. Yeah, they're like, oh, I wish I did this. Yeah, like, like I, I wish I was tired all the time. Yeah, yeah, like the comedy grind's so insane, and mm-hmm. uh, I kind of want to go back in time with you, like. Uh, 
Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> we'll do like, it. Yeah. Just like kind of, uh, how did you kind of get inspired to want to like step on the stage and do this? Was this something like uh, well, in your mind, like <laughs> since you were a kid or? Well, okay. It kind of, I kind of like fell into it a little bit. I, so, so I started, I, this is embarrassing to say, but I started an improv. <laughs> okay, cool. cool <laughs> yeah, yeah. I started an improv and I'm not good at improv. I'm just not good at it. I would literally get stuck into bits in improv so like i used to have this thing where like in every scene i, I would kick a baby <laughs> <laughs> is and, that like, like you're out of the yeah baby? like it was always like the line where i'm like oh this is gonna i'm gonna crush it with this and it got so repetitive that people like it was like a game show people would be like kick that baby <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> and like i was just so i was not good at it but i really liked being creative like i like being on stage and like that sort of thing and I was uh, I was on the Carlton Improv Association. That's what like the group I was in. And then it kind of got weird. Like we got a bunch of new members, and I was like, ah, I don't know if this is for me anymore. Mm-hmm. But I really wanted to try. I was like, ah, oh, I'll just try stand up. That would be fun. Uh, and then I got hired because I I'm also like nervous. Like I was so uh, anxiety ridden all the time. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, yeah well, that's kind of why I wanted to do it. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Like I hear like a lot of like comedians say this, and even with my tiny experience of like eight shows or whatever i have a lot of anxiety mm-hmm. and almost there's a i feel like there's an extra thrill like attempting this like it's yeah like, it seems like doing like an open mic like at the beginning in front of like five people is like the biggest day of your life type of thing. <laughs> no i remember that yeah yeah very specifically yeah yeah like the first time i came to toronto well like so i got hired at uh at uh absolute comedy to serve there because i wanted to figure out how it worked first nice, and nice. i needed a job <laughs> yeah yeah uh and i started doing i i one of my friends drove me to montreal to do my first set because I knew all of the comics. I'd already been working there for a few months and I was like, I don't want to do this in front of people and then have them like pressure me later or whatever. And I went to Montreal and I did my first set and like the hardest, like it was at the comedy nest. It was such a hard room that like barely anybody got laughs. I got up, I got a few laughs and I was really excited when I got off stage. I was like, yes, I was one of the only people. It was me and one other guy and we got laughs. And my friend that I went with came up to me and he was like, oh yeah, I forgot to tell you. Sometimes when people are nervous, they yell. And apparently I just screamed, screamed my entire first set at this audience. And that's why they were la- they were like, oh, my God, this bitch is so unaware. Like I was just like screaming at them. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm a loud person and I had only been doing improv and the, the idea of a microphone just fell short. I was like, I have to project. This is theater. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and even you, you got, I want to say you got great projection. Like I last couple episodes, I had like a movie director on and yeah. like a little like introvert people. And I just had to like turn. turn you down. Oh yeah, I always it's have amazing. to get turned down. I always <laughs> yeah, have to get turned fantastic. down. I'm so loud all the time. Like literally, when I get home after too many shows, because uh, my boyfriend's a personal trainer, right? So he always works in the morning. So when I wake up, he's like super chill. Like, hey, do you want a coffee? Like, da da da. I'm like, shut the fuck up. It's noon. Like, I'm so tired. Uh, and then when I come back at night, I'm like, yeah, so. And I'm like screaming at him. And it's like 1 a.m. And he's like, please, just let me go to bed. 
bad. <laughs> yeah, and you just got off stage. Your yeah. adrenaline's oh, I'm going. Pumped. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Like I'm too excited for life. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. So uh, yeah, that's that's a cool first experience you had too. Like you thought you. Were, oh like, yeah, I just thought you. I was like, oh yeah, I'm the fucking man. And I got off stage, and he was like, oh yeah. He goes, he, although he said he's like, in your defense, they definitely should have turned down your microphone. He's like, somebody should have alerted somebody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No and turn that shit down. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. I th- I used to throw up before every set. Really? That's yeah. like some eight mile shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I would I like I would puke before every single set I had because I would just I was so in my head about it. Like yeah. I used to be like a huge introvert. Like when I was a kid, I was so shy. Like I wouldn't talk to anybody. I I ugh, just the thought of it freaked me out. Mm-hmm, yeah. That's that's cool. Yeah, and now you're doing like the polar opposite to like yeah. the extreme. I love that. I love hearing. Well, you just you become like, like numb to it. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I, I you kind of. I did it kind of like as a dare for myself, and then I got like super addicted to it so quickly. Like I, I can't even imagine. Like if I were, you, I would already be out again. Like I just, I, I get depressed if I don't do stand up now. Yeah, like it's yeah. literally an addiction to ge- adrenaline. I think. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, is that <laughs> fucked up? Yeah, I like that. <laughs> but it's it's, it's awesome. crazy. You're, you're it's very unhealthy. Around, making people happy though. But yeah. 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 Actually, uh, come to think of it, too, the day I met you, I almost puked during my set. Oh yeah, because yeah, um. I do this thing like uh, where if a, a friend comes out and sees me or whatever, and I buy them a drink, I always like match the drink that they're having, like all like out of respect. Like so, my, oh, I see. my yeah, Irish yeah, yeah. buddy was there, and oh. he drinks Guinness. Like that's all he drinks. <laughs> okay, so I like chug this Guinness before I. Oh went my on. god! I remember your set now because I think didn't you mention that? Yeah. So <laughs> the the set wasn't really going great. Like even like because my stomach was turning, and I'm like. Up there in my own head, I'm like, I'm delivering this all differently because yeah. I think there's like an extra layer. It's like, don't throw up, don't throw up. But then I mentioned that at the end, I said something like, shout out to my sponsor, Guinness or yeah, something. Yeah, I, yeah. And then that got the laugh. And then, I, <laughs> and then I think that's what got me voted into the next round. It was like, oh, I turned it around. Like, so, that was so funny. Yeah, yeah as soon yeah. as you said Guinness, I was like, oh, yeah, that yeah. was the set, man. <laughs> it's the puke guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I related hard to it. I was like, oh, yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's cool you remember that because like, I see like some of your posts too, and you're doing like three shows a day, and like. Well, it's yeah. hard because sometimes I feel like people get really offended if you don't remember them, and I'm like, I I just have to meet you, and I tell everybody this rule. I'm like, I hope I don't sound like a dick, but I just have to meet you three times. I was like, after the third time, I will 100% remember you, no problem, or if we're ever in a car together, because yeah, I just yeah. need to be able to talk to you for an extended period of time. Because so many people start comedy and quit, and it's like I can't. There's no way I can remember all these people. They're, like, yeah, I meet, it's impossible. Yeah, yeah. like I probably meet like 40 people a week. You know what I mean? Not all comics, but like, you know, audience members or uh, improvisers, comedians, uh, TV writers, whoever. And it's like, if you meet that many people in a week, my memory's also shit. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's terrible. only so much space up there. And plus you're trying to like write new bits in there oh, and yeah. you remember things and like, yeah, it's crazy. Remember dates where you got to be and stuff. And exactly. Yeah. So there's like a good chance if I meet a comedian, I'm never going to see them again. Yeah. Because they, a lot of people just dip their toe in and they're like, oh, you know, this isn't for me. And rightfully so. Like, it, this scene is a nightmare. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, comedy is hell sometimes. <laughs> but so when somebody gets out, I'm like, oh, good for you. You, you made it. You got out. You did it. <laughs> I'm proud you quit. I'm proud of you. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there's so many people filtering it out. It's just like, what's... I, I got to meet you three, three times. If I meet you three times, I assume you're in it. 
yeah. <laughs> I assume you're probably as addictive as I am. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So after that first time too, uh, what made you want to do it again? Was it like, uh, the rush again? Like yeah. you, you keep talking about, uh, kind of like the addiction and the endorphins you get. And it was just like so thrilling. And I really liked the idea of it being a complete, like it's completely you, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you have to write your own stuff. You have to be up there. You're the one delivering it. Like it's, it's completely you and you have complete control over it. And I'm kind of a control freak. So like that was like, that's, that sold me on it. It was like improv, but better. It was so, I don't know. I, I did it again. I did my second set was at a, at Yuck Yucks in Ottawa and it went super well, and I was just so happy. Like, I, I don't know. It was just, I, I wish, I don't even know if I could capture it again. Yeah, yeah. But that feeling of, like, accomplishment and, like, oh, my God, I could maybe actually do this. And then probably about, I don't know, six months after that, I dropped out of school. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, okay, here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I dropped out of Carleton. I was like, I know I'm not going to do this. Uh, I was in accounting. Oh my oh, God. Can you okay. imagine? <laughs> I was like, going to be an accountant, but people kept showing up to school in like suits and shit. And it freaked me out. Yeah, like yeah. I just kept picturing myself in a cubicle, like nine to five. Like I wake up, hi Bob, hi Jim. Like, you know what I mean? Like I can't, and it would give me panic yeah, attacks. Yeah. And you can tell just by looking at you, that's not your vibe. No. You're wearing a X-Men Magneto <laughs> shirt, which is amazing by the way. And Thank like, you very much. Yeah, my I favorite. Think, I think you made the right choice in like, Obviously, we're, like, talking about, like, all the highs. But there's, mm-hmm. like, doing comedy, there's a lot of, like, low points. And like, oh, yeah. Is there, like, um, a moment you have of, like, remembering just, like, bombing, like, so fucking hard? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Oh, man, I have such a story. Yeah. Okay, so, and this was, like, dev- this is absolutely the worst bomb I've ever had. And, yeah, like, yeah. so embarrassing. Like, so to the top embarrassing. So I got booked to uh i'm like two years into comedy like a year and a half two years into comedy like way too new to be booked on this thing i i got booked to do an lol but i was just opening they were like we're gonna let you open and we're gonna pay you but uh, if we like it we'll put it on the radio right oh wow so So i'm like pressure pressure shit like this is huge it's absolutely huge to do this so uh in my mind at least a year and a half in right so but they booked me because it's in peterborough and i'm close uh, and i grew up in Lindsay, ontario so they're like oh like you'll know some people you can bring some people out whatever uh we'll have you on as like the local so I was like sick uh but I only had five minutes and I (laughs) made so many mistakes (laughs) I can I can like literally it's so funny to have the knowledge I have now and look back on it and go oh baby girl no like (laughs) you did so many things wrong it's just like one of those things you'll randomly think about during the day oh yeah yeah yeah. just like but it's actually like it was so bad that it's funny now you know what I mean like that's how bad it was that it's actually like I look upon it fondly a bit because I'm like oh yeah that really built me into something different yeah yeah. Uh, so like my parents get this was the first time my parents were going to see me do stand-up because I'd only been doing stand-up in Ottawa. So, like, they came down. And, like, I remember the people that were running the show, they were like, oh, we'll sit them in the front row. And I was like, no, don't do that. Like, do not do that. And they laughed, and I laughed. And I was like, okay, well, that was weird that they laughed. And then they did sit them in the front row because they thought I was joking. Oh, no. <laughs> and I was like, so I'm also staring at my parents while this is happening, yeah, which is yeah. just brilliant. But I made this rookie mistake of, okay, I only have five minutes and I have to be clean. 
um, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to condense all my jokes down, cut all the fat off. Anything that I think is fat, I'm going to cut it off. And I'm just, this is going to be a super set. Just punchlines. <laughs> punchlines, punchlines, punchlines. Oh, sweet Jesus. Does that not work? Absolutely not. I, first of all, hot crowd. <laughs> like sometimes when you bomb, you can kind of be like, oh, well, you know, everybody didn't do that well on the show. The audience was a little tough or whatever. Right. This one, like you, like you could do no wrong, like hottest crowd, right? Yeah. I go up and <laughs> hot, hot damn, do I eat? Like, I mean, I eat. I think I get one laugh off the top, barely, okay, because I make a local reference, and then for the rest of my set, it is whatever three hundred adults blankly staring at me <sighs> because I've taken out all of the information from these jokes. No context. These jokes don't make any sense anymore. There's no context. There's no setup. What the fuck is this girl talking about? Basically, I get off stage. I'm so upset. I'm like, I'm de- I'm devastated because, like, first of all, I've only really been doing comedy in Ottawa, so like the rooms there are super hot. So it's like. I hadn't even like I had bombed because I'd gone to Toronto for one week but that was pretty much the only bombs I had experienced was like these shitty open mics this was like a big deal thing like (laughs) it was to the point where when they paid me I said are you sure (laughs) and I can't accept this I I was like are you sure (laughs) and then it was so bad that the first thing my mom said to me after my set was uh so how do you think it went? Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, oh, you're, you're like, just trying to see if I'm still in reality right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, that hurts my heart. Um, I actually had a, a colossal bomb. Yeah. Well oh, tell and me about it. Um, so uh, just like very long story short, uh, I'm a videographer for a battle rap league called King of the Dot. And, oh, uh, that's awesome. I watched that, man. Yeah. I love that. Oh, that's cool. That's I love cool. that. Yeah. Do you ever tape the when they do the compliment offs? So like the yeah, like boast Pat battles? And like, Roan and shit. Like, oh, yeah, so, so good. Yeah. And um, so I've been dabbling in comedy. And a couple of those guys, they do stand up once in a while. There's this guy, Dirtbag Dan, when he comes to Toronto, mm. he always does something. And I'll like, kind of get him on a show and I'll open. And I've done well on a couple of those. But then um, this one year, we did it at a weed cafe. Oh, shit. Which uh, one? It it was one... Like in in Toronto? In Toronto. Uh, So it'd it'd either be Hotbox, Vapor... It was Uh, Vapor, I think. Vapor. Oh, Vapor's tough. Yeah. Vapor (laughs) is tough, tough crowd, tough crowd. Because they're all doing dabs, man. They're they're comatose. You know what I mean? Like, they're out of their minds. Everybody's zombies. But also, like, I don't smoke a lot of weed. And before this, um, we did this big press conference I was filming. And I'm hanging out with all these rappers. They have blunts. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, I can hang. And so it's like blunt after blunt after blunt. And then we go to this other show. And um, I'm sitting there, I'm waiting to go on. Mm-hmm. And in the room, there's like people who, like before I started working with King of the Dot, people like I respect used to watch religiously on YouTube. There's like this guy, Roan, he works for Barstool Sports. Mm. This guy, Sirius Jones, he like pioneered battle rap. Shoddy Hora from the UK flew down here. So there's like all these like legendary like writers and performers in the crowd Shit, waiting to see me do the set. And um, I'm sitting there, and then uh, my girlfriend was there at the time, and she she turned to me, and she was like, oh, you seem different today. And I'm just like, <laughs> I went in my head, like, just like, you the, the, high, the high got even worse. And just like, of course, that is absolutely not what you should say to somebody yeah, that's and, high. And I'm in my chair, and I'm just thinking, uh, what is life? Who am yeah, I as uh, a person? Like, thinking of my childhood. 
And then to the point where I forgot I was about to do a set. And I'm watching sets like, this is how high I was. I was oh, fucked. And then they no. call me up and I go up and um, I start saying things. I'm saying like bits out of order. And uh, again, like what reminded me of this is mm. you doing your set without, without any context. Oh. So um, I had this one line and I, I did the setup wrong. And I'm just like, so the moral of the story is... I wouldn't eat a penguin, but I would fuck one. And then <laughs> there was a silence, and then one person just went, what? And then everybody's just laugh, laugh of the night for the, all the wrong reasons. Yeah. Like those zombie people doing dabs uh. are just like rolling on the floor. And then like the next day, there was a King of the Dot pay-per-view, and they had like time to fill with yeah. commentary. And the people who were there were like, they started talking about my set. And I was oh. just like, oh, fuck. But they kind of like bigged it up. Like, it was awesome. Like. It was, oh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But for me, it's like um, I woke up the next day when I was like sober and it was almost like I lived this nightmare. I'm like, oh, my God, that was real. This no, happened. that really does yeah. sound like a nightmare that I would have regularly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's like the only time where it's like you had a like an insane nightmare. And yeah. even like the people in the room were like these like YouTube celebrities I used to watch before I met them yeah. all watching in the front row. And yeah, it was, it no, was I totally get that feeling, man. Yeah. Well, Cause that's also like uh, true to comedy, right? Yeah, Especially yeah. in Canada, the scene's so small that if you liked Canadian comedy at all, growing up, you start meeting all the people that are, you're like, Oh, you're my hero. And we're on the same show together. Yeah, It's a, it's a smaller bubble than you think once you start doing it's it. It's so, yeah weird and you get like really self-conscious and then it and then it wears off really fast and you're like oh you're just all normal people yes of course yeah you're just a guy (laughs) yeah you're just a guy you have fears yeah (laughs) but yeah that's it's it's cool to see like um how active you are too and like you've been on television Sirius XM yeah like, uh, things are rolling okay right now yeah yeah just for laughs this year yes as well too. Yeah. that was so fun honestly oh my god that was literally yeah dream come true so fun I obviously like I wish I had done a taping or something more uh more substantial but like I had a fucking blast there like they really they take care of you yeah oh that's really cool like like just like catering and all that yeah and it's just like there's parties every night not the you know going to big parties is really my cup of tea like i was pretty worn out by the end of the weekend i was like i don't know you know what i mean i'd rather go sit at a pub and have a conversation yeah but, yeah just, you know i can i can hang a bit so you you know you're at like a netflix party and it's like it's just cool you know what i mean you get to see people that you like 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 nick crow is there you know what i mean oh, cool, like these guys cool. are just like hanging out yeah. You're like, oh, it's just kind of neat. Yeah, yeah. You're like, I'm part of the circle. Like, no, no, cool. I don't. I don't know. If I'm yeah. part of the circle. <laughs> I did not talk to any of these people. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. like, I'm a, I'm a mind my business <laughs> right now. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. And um, how was it like uh, transitioning from like doing bars and pubs and little comedy places mm. to going to like into like a theater environment? Was that? It's it was hard at first because it's a very different skill to have like it's a different type of stand-up when you're in a theater everything you got to go a little slower you got it because like the first couple times I did theaters it did not go well uh because and I couldn't figure out why I'm like there's more people in this room I do clubs all the time like I don't understand why this isn't translating and it's because a I was well I talk quickly to begin with but I was talking too fast because theater it takes more time for the sound to hit people and Ooh, even that like whatever like 0. 0.06 of a millisecond or whatever it is like you do have to time that out a little differently like the, your timing is different you also have to give time for the whole audience to laugh because laughter always ripples 
And in like a club, it'll happen all at once and it barely feels like a ripple, right? But in a theater, you have you have to sit in it for an extra moment Ooh. to let it like wash over everybody else. You know what I mean? You can even, well, this is a silly trick, but if you sit in anything long enough, you'll get an applause break. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like if you just wait, like if you just really mug at an audience, you can get them to clap. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's always like the comedians like, yeah, so I just had a baby and then they stop and then they wait. Yeah, for, yeah, 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 yeah. You just have to stop you know what i mean so like the transition was hard for the first little bit but now i'm starting to get into the mood where i'm like okay i think i get this now like it's not it doesn't make me as nervous anymore which is good that's cool i love hearing like so like about like you break down like the nuances of like different like styles of doing things for different rooms and stuff oh and, yeah, yeah it's yeah, totally it's, different you can tell when an open mic somebody who only exclusively does open mics you can tell when they've first transitioned into a club because they have such a specific style that you know really? they have yeah. it because they don't have it's you, when you perform, like even when I perform at an open mic, it's a different, it's a different gear, it's a different speed. People at open mics want to feel like this is all coming off of the top of your head, and it's rough and it's raw, and they want it a little more aggressive. Where at a club, they want it shaved down a little bit, they want it polished, they yeah, want it, yeah. uh, they want it rhythmic almost because mm-hmm. like a lot of these people are drinking, it's their night out. They just want, they just want to hear that rhythm and like. F- and find themselves in that and just release. Whereas at an open mic, they want it to be like dirty and gritty and raw and like yeah, a little more edgy. Their part of the show. Like if yeah. I'm sitting in the front, I'm going to get roasted type of thing. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Like they want it more aggressive like that. So it's, uh, it's like a different, it's a different gear. I think every time some people can translate their style the same across the board and they don't have to change anything and they're completely comfortable with who they are. I like to change it up a little bit at least every time I'm up because I'm like, you're, all different people you know what i mean yeah and that that's cool to hear too that you you can change it up as well too mm. because going back saying like you were very nervous at first and obviously now it's just like you found the flow of things and comfy to try something different on the fly and that's always oh, yeah that's always been something that uh frightened me like kind of going off the script which i would mm. do a couple times and sometimes it would work out or it's just like oh i'd mentioned something that happened in the crowd i'm like oh that wasn't funny and then and then it, i i get like i'm so such an amateur i get way too much in my head like instead oh, of like, i do yeah, too though yeah, i don't yeah. think that ever and i hate this but you'll talk to headliners that are well more advanced than i am and they all say the same it never goes away it just like literally i'll watch have you ever met jeff McHenry? oh i haven't met him great great performer like just a phenomenal uh, canadian like i can't believe this man is not more famous like he's so funny i've seen him go into small towns where the show's already running long and he could do another hour and a half and people are crying laughing and he will go out and like put a sweatshirt on and like pace around. Yeah. And when I see somebody that talented do it, I'm like, Oh, I'm screwed for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, like I'm just going to have, I'm just going to have this feeling forever. It does numb though a bit. You know what I mean? So like, I'm always a little better, but I, I think it's still important to get nervous yeah. because, or get a little too in your own head or whatever, because like that means you care. Yeah, if definitely. you're not nervous, you don't care at all. Mm-hmm. Why do this? You know what I mean? I kind of do this because it makes me a little nervous. I like that. Yeah, it's, p- it's part of the fun. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. The not knowing, like you just, but you do get bolder as time goes on, right? Like I used to hate, like like you said, I used to hate doing crowd work 
but some clubs require you to do crowd work like they they need you to they're like okay when you come in you have to do like you have to talk to the birthday people you have to talk to the bachelorettes you have to because that's where they make their money right yeah and these are the people that are drinking the most so it's like we have to make them feel special for coming in even though every comedian hates (laughs) yeah dude if you have a bachelor bachelorette party do not go to a comedy club unless you're chill you know what i mean sometimes i i get it like you're having a chill bachelor party and you're like whatever a bunch of nerds and you're like yeah i just like comedy and we're gonna have a couple of bevies and whatever but like these people with like the penis hats and shit like it's like this is this is a show all about somebody else when you want this night to be all about you it's crazy yeah that's true too and it's like usually the people who don't like go to these shows all the time it's just like the drunk chicks like whoa yeah Yeah. i don't understand that at all but yeah so you get kind of used to doing this crowd work and like i i still it's really not my favorite thing to do but you start getting it where you get a couple of laughs under your belt and you're like, oh, maybe I can do this. And you just get like a little more confident every single time. And then you go, OK, like I could probably I could probably dive in. And you realize that not getting a laugh isn't the worst thing in the world. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like sometimes it's it's fine. Like if everybody's listening to you in the audience and you can like snap right back into something else, like it doesn't matter if it didn't get a laugh. That's okay. You yeah. tried something. Yeah, Fuck definitely. It. Yeah, yeah. Move on. Yeah. We, we got more. <laughs> like, yeah, we got more. You've got jokes loaded up. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's that's cool to hear. Yeah, it's um, it's just uh, like I, I just love hearing people break down their crap. Like it's this show. I don't only like talk to comedians. I talk mm-hmm. to like. Pro wrestlers, yeah, musicians, yeah. and like all over the place. So yeah, this is this is really cool, and maybe this might inspire like somebody to do comedy. Or, oh like, god, even yeah, get just a- ruin your life, guys. <laughs> Go out, ruin your life. Your schedule will be different than everybody else you'll ever meet. Uh, uh, your schedule is not consistent. You will not make any money for probably the first seven to eight years, unless you're American, in which case, start comedy right now. You're going to be famous. <laughs> is, is that like a thing over there? Oh, no, it's just like they have so much more uh, money for star systems and that sort of thing where Ah, it's just like these American comics have like, you know what I mean? I feel like they get like 20, 30,000 followers without even attempt, like without even trying, it feels like. (laughs) You know what I mean? They just put a picture of them with a microphone and just everybody's like. Well, yeah, it's not even that. Well, they are, I I do find (laughs) there is a reason for that. They are better hustlers. Like a lot of, I, I find that when you meet an American comic, they have much better business sense than most Canadians I talk, Canadian comedians I talk to. But I think the major difference is, is most of these guys have managers. Uh, They have managers, they have agents like I that would be the dream for me if I could have somebody that would just be like, okay, you're gonna be in Philadelphia this weekend. And I'm like, sick. Like, I would just love somebody to write my entire schedule for me. And I could just go do stand up wherever I please. Yeah. And that's a layer of things people don't really see. Like some people like maybe they'll see you live and they're like, oh, yeah, she just writes jokes and talks. But there's layers and layers of like a hustle. Hence you coming here in the rain and snow to like talk to me. You got to go out there. You got to promote yourself. Mm -hmm. You're probably answering like emails all day and just like trying to like figure out scheduling. And it's yeah, it's really hard when it's all you. But mind you, I'm really lucky right now because this is my only job right now. Uh, most comedians all, all have a second job um, or like at least another writing job or something like that. And right now I'm very fortunate that I just, I'm doing this. So I have enough time to take care of that stuff. I don't know how people do it. Like I remember you always get it in your head. You're like, okay, I'm working at the coffee shop from like nine to five. And then I have a few hours before an open mic. So I'm definitely going to write during that time. And it's like, no, you're not. You're a human being. You need time. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And like, and then you beat yourself up. Like it's such a vision. 
vicious circle of like, oh, like you're not doing enough. And then you feel bad that you're not doing enough. But it's not that you're not doing enough. You're doing enough for sure. Yeah. yeah. You're a human being. You need time to think. You need time to, you know, process. Yeah. I, I really relate to that. Like even with doing this podcast, but me like being more healthy and thinking it's like, it's okay to like stop for a minute or two. And yeah, then, dude, we uh, need like, downtime. And I find like when you take that downtime and you go back into it, you're like so much stronger. It's mm. like it's, you, you have that rest and like time to maybe like even reflect a little bit. And it's, you're not, I don't know. It's just, it's interesting. Like having that downtime. Sometimes you, when you're so caught up in the busyness of things, you're not like really learning or growing in a way like, or processing what you're taking. Yeah. In. Sometimes yeah. I just feel like I'm floating. Like I'm not even myself. Like I'm just like floating through life. Like I'm just like, okay, here's where I have to be next. And you're not even, you're not even focusing because you're so tired and you're just, this is such a strict schedule. Yeah. I can't stand it. I, I, I need to have, I need to have time off. Like anytime I see these, these like inspirational, like these motivational people that are like, well, you, you sleep eight hours a day and you work eight hours a day. What you do with the extra eight hours is going to make the rest of your life. And it's like, dude, we can just take a seat. Okay. Like, <laughs> just calm down a little bit, man. Okay. Like I, we, let me play some video games. Okay. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just need to chill out for a few hours and I should not be judged for that. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, definitely. And like, it's very yeah. like, it's this idea that we should all be working at all times. It's very capitalist. It's very like run yourself into the ground, like make your money, like all this shit. I'm like, I don't, then this is going to sound bad. I don't care about money. <laughs> yeah. If I, I could just live, I'm good. Mm-hmm. And I find too when, uh, I don't know if you're like this too, but. I will come up with jokes when I'm not trying to write jokes. Oh, absolutely. It's absolutely. like if I sit down, this is only a couple times I'm like, okay, I'm going to sit and write. Mm-hmm. It's like you're forcing something that's not there. But if you're like out and about just living, like enjoying the moment, being present and everything and uh, not even thinking of something like somebody will say something and it'll connect mm-hmm. to something. It's yep. like, oh, there's a punchline. There's a whole like scenario. And then... I don't know, with me, maybe I'll be like, oh, that connects to something else I have. And it just kind of like sparks. So you got to like turn it off. And sometimes like that'll, again, push you forward. It seems like counterproductive or whatever, like going in the other direction. But But yeah, no, I totally feel it. You know, everybody's different. There are people that can sit down and literally just write. They're like, this is what I do. I've trained my brain to work this way. And it's great and power to them. Right. But like I think of all my best ideas in the shower. Yeah, yeah. When everything, you know what I mean? When you're just like the rest of your brain's turned off and the important part's working yeah, in the back, you know I, what I mean? Again, it's like, yeah, the time you're like still and like mm-hmm. just with your thoughts, which is rare nowadays. Like everybody's got their phones out and just yeah. like screens and... And it's, it's some of these some of these guys, it's like uh, I can always tell if somebody's been going to too many shows mm. because all they talk about is other shows on stage. You know what I mean? You uh, know what comic yeah, I'm talking yeah. about? They get up there and they're like, so I was at this show... And then this person at a show and then this another person at a show. And it's like, dude, you gotta, you gotta go on a date or something. <laughs> yeah. Like you gotta, you gotta get out, have a social time with somebody. So you have something else to talk about. I actually give that advice to a lot of new battle rappers because they get obsessed with it and they're going, mm, they're yeah. going to everything. And then they all start sounding like the same person. Yes. I'm like, I'm like put your own personality in it. Mm-hmm, There's mm-hmm. not like um, a formula to this. And like comedy too. It's like, that's what's so amazing about it too. It's like. There's no rules like but that's the time where you can put like be unique and be yourself, you know, like. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I find like if you're like trying to just like mimic another style, you like because it's 
in or popular mm. or whatever. You just become a watered down version of whoever <laughs> that's that true. person is, you know? It's Although crazy. I do feel like we all do that a bit at the beginning. Oh, yeah. oh, we yeah, all go, yeah, yeah. oh, this is the comedian. Or like, we, it's like we're all doing an impression of what we think a comedian is yeah, yeah, <laughs> for the yeah. first little bit. And yeah. then you're like, oh, okay. And then you can start to transition. You start to feel comfortable on stage. You go, okay, this is who I am. And then that's like when you, this sounds so lame, but everybody says this and it's absolutely true. Uh, you find your voice. Mm-hmm. And then that's when you feel like you have a huge up. I didn't find my voice for like five years. Like I was still like, I was doing okay on stage. Like I definitely had some like really good sets under my belt. Like not to say that I was doing poorly before that, but it was like year five. I had a very, I could feel it. It was like a very serious upgrade in my performance because I just started to uh, figure out what, who I am and then just dial it up like two or three notches. Ah, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. Once you start getting comfortable and you just get into your voice, like it's insane and you see it happen with comics all the time. I'll see them right before they're about to break. And I'm like, Oh my God, you're so close to something so good. I can feel it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't quit now. Don't quit now. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. my God. Yeah. So many great comics have quit. But, uh, but you're just like, well, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, it's crazy too. Cause like just the learning curve. And I think why I'm so intrigued with that and also podcasting too. It's like, mm. it's almost endless. The, how you can get better and better and better oh, yeah. and it never ends. And that goes back to like, almost like sometimes falling in a rut where you, you're not turning it off and maybe like overworking. Cause mm, it's like, mm-hmm. but sometimes you gotta like just step back and breathe and everything. Oh know? yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm not saying I, I, I'm not one of these people that are like, Oh, you have to travel. You have to live. You gotta bow, 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 whatever you, you do have to rest. <laughs> that, yeah. That's, I think that's the only requirement. You do have to rest your brain. Uh, cause like this idea of like grinding all the time is, is madness. You'll talk to some comics and they're like, you're not a real comedian unless you're doing four shows a night. And it's like, no, you, you, you absolutely are. Okay. <laughs> if you're, if you're hitting one show a week, you can call yourself a comic comfortably. I think like yeah, yeah. that it, it's insane. You, you drive yourself into the ground and you're at this shitty job. I'm like, you're going to mentally break. And a lot of these guys do. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not sustainable, especially the shows that they're going to. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, especially like at the start going up there, it's like just such like an emotional, like factoring thing, whether it goes well or or bad it's just like so many highs and lows it's like for it's, sure it's nuts like, because you're bearing your soul this is literally all of you you know what i mean yeah, like yeah. you're performing you wrote it <laughs> there's no one you can blame okay you don't have a band to back you no, up or no, no 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 yeah it's all you out there <laughs> and it, yeah it hurt, sometimes it hurts your soul when you put yourself out there and you're like shit i really thought this was funny but after so many bombs, you just start, it's like, uh, I don't know. It's like if you ripped a Band-Aid off in the same spot repeatedly. Yeah. After a while, you're just like, oh, I feel nothing. It's yeah, fine. Yeah. It's fine. It's <laughs> like your heart and soul starts getting calluses on it. It's like, yeah. Well, yeah, but it also just becomes a question of you are confident that you're funny. Mm-hmm. Because for a while, you just feel like you're pretending. You know what I mean? Or yeah, like yeah. you're a fraud and people are going to find you out soon or whatever. And then you start, you get enough good ones under your belt where if you have a bad one, you just go, oh, that was just a bad one. It's not that I'm not funny. But when you're new and you have a bad one, you're like, I'm not funny. Yeah, I yeah. can't do this. 
So after a while, you're like, oh, I can do this. This was just, you know, everybody has a bad day at work. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? And like so, sometimes the best lesson is a really good mistake too. Oh, absolutely. From that, that yes. Yeah. If I have a bad set now, because like I don't have tons of bad sets anymore. Uh, but when I do have one that really leaves a taste in my mouth, I get so much hungrier to write and do better. And like, oh, this isn't going to happen again. Like, what did I do wrong there? Yeah, I'm yeah. really into figuring out the mechanism of it and going, okay, what did I do wrong? How do I not do that again? Uh, because and sometimes it is the audience, but very rarely. Yeah, and I think that separates like from a pro and an amateur where like maybe somebody new and still learning, they'll just like beat themselves up about it and not like look at the whole picture and like in the third person and get a lesson or like oh yeah, be able to break it down. Like, what did I do wrong? Because it's like such like a hit to your ego in a way where it you're is. just like fuck it and maybe they'll blame the crowd or like not like look at like well yeah world. a lot of a lot of comedians <laughs> <laughs> a lot of comedians when they first start they do like to blame the crowd i mean i've been guilty of it as well i think we all do that to a certain degree yeah, yeah. but you start you start learning that you're like oh honestly nine at least i would say 95 percent of the time it is not the audience's fault there is a five percent there is areas where it's like okay there's nothing you could have done with that room it's like you show up the bar doesn't know there's a show on Uh, like all these people are wasted you know what i mean like situations like that you're like okay but if you're in a situation where people showed up they paid a ticket they you know what i mean they got a babysitter they took their night off these people want to laugh mm-hmm. and you stopped them from doing that. So it's kind of on you. You know what I mean? Yeah, there was a yeah. way to make these people laugh and you just didn't know it. And that's okay. You know what I mean? Like, well, uh, we can't crush everything all the time, mm-hmm. but to then get off stage and be like, well, fuck these people and da, 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 da. And it's like, no, that's not how this works. And also sometimes comics get too in their own. Like they, and maybe it's because we're alone on stage and we do have a certain narcissism and like self-importance and what have you. But a lot of these people get on stage and they're like, this is my art and this is about me and this kind of thing. And I'm like, no, I, you know what? I'm going to disagree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because this is a job. All of these people, especially when you think now, not every, some of these people are young people. They, they're just having a night out or whatever. But if you're looking at some of these people, it's a really big deal to go out sometimes. You know what I mean? Like maybe you have a lot of anxiety. Maybe, uh, you, you know what I mean? It's your partner and you had to get a babysitter and all this shit had to happen for this person to get here. And then you're going to be like, well, this is my art and I know what will make you laugh, but I'm not going to do it because I want to work on this shit right now. And it's like, well, man, come on. Yeah, yeah. Do, do your job. You know what I mean? Like, get in here, try and make these people laugh. <laughs> yeah. Especially yeah. if you're getting paid. If you're not getting paid, do what you want. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Go for nuts. sure, do what you want. Go nuts, man. Absolutely. Be an artist. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. If I'm not getting paid, I do what I want. <laughs> if I'm getting paid, I'm like, all right, I'll, uh, I'll I'll do some of the some of the older roster of jokes. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is, this is so cool to hear you break this down. Like, uh, I feel like this is like one of the best descriptions of the art form I've had on this show because usually when I get comedians in here we kind of go off on like different like tangents oh of course but, uh, <laughs> and, like, I'll like intend to make a show like yeah. this style but then we're just like talking about like current events and yeah. like but, but yeah it is what it is with like when you get like uh comedians together it's like turns into like a circus in a way sometimes. oh yeah, yeah. well because we could talk about anything for hours like that's why we all podcast <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, oh, I could just keep talking that's not a problem yeah yeah it's I'm very good at it <laughs> yeah it's amazing and um 
coming out uh, on the 26th, right? Yes. Uh, you have an album. Yeah, my album's coming out December 26th. Is this your first album? This is my, yeah, this is my debut album. Oh, beautiful. I'm so excited. So all these years of... Uh, Glory and yeah. defeat all <laughs> coming into this yeah, one. Yeah, it's just like, all coming into this one yeah. album. Uh, I was really, I honestly, I was really happy with it. it honestly, at the, I think maybe it was the best set I've ever had. Oh, really? I recorded the best set I've ever had. Was, it was insane. Did, did you like kind of like... I don't know, manifest that in a way. It's like, okay, we're recording tonight. I'm I took just... a bunch of CBD. <laughs> I took a bunch of CBD before I got on stage. Uh... <laughs> that's, that's a trick. That's a trick. No, I just, I, I don't know. I think, and I talked to other comedians about this because a lot of them are hesitant to put it out. They're like, oh, I'm not ready. Or like, I want to, there's experienced comic, more experienced than myself that haven't put an album out. And when you talk to them, they're like, oh, you know, like I, I just want to tighten this up. I want to tighten that up. For me, I, as soon as I set a date to record an album, that's when I started tightening up. Ah, that's yeah, when yeah. I started going, oh, it's crunch time. Like I started listening to tons of audio every single day of my sets, which is so painful. Oh, oh yeah. my God. I, I never listen listening. back to these no. episodes at all. I just like oh, throw them yeah. out there. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it's like... <laughs> Which is always interesting. I hear that from a lot of comedians too as well. It's, it's hard. Like, yeah. It's really hard. But you have to do it because you don't know if you have like verbal tics or if maybe a joke's not working because of the way you're setting it up. You're like, oh, I'm clearly not explaining this properly or whatever. Because mm. most of the time, if you think something's funny, it probably is. You're probably just presenting it wrong if it's not working. Mm, right? Yeah, so yeah. if you can listen back to yourself and go, oh, that's what I did wrong. The timing's a little off there. Or like you can hear it as soon as you're hearing it you can hear it uh but it's just the the idea of like okay i've gotta i've gotta actually listen to my own voice which is so pay- i gotta take laps around my house like i'll listen to two minutes and then I, i'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. gonna take a lap it's like trying uh, not to throw up <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's so hard especially if it's a if it's a bad set if you're like if it's a set that didn't go the way you want it to those are the ones that you should especially listen to and you're like fuck man this is brutal because you know we're all familiar you hear yourself on the voicemail or whatever you're like ah yeah picture that times a thousand <laughs> yeah yeah you have listening to yourself do stand up it's yeah. insane yeah that's like a just a mental workout like it it's is. painful but you grow from it yes way. yeah i gotta do it more because the people that the comedians that i see doing that regularly are they're so much further along than the other than the rest of us these people are cut like they're really doing it like it's a real job they wake up they live it they break Car- judo carol zoccoli yeah, uh, yeah she's famous in brazil okay famous she's on like brazilian snl um she just got a she just dropped a special on netflix like this but and has deserved every single ounce of that because this woman we were we we're doing a weekend in ottawa together she w- would wake up at like i don't know 7 8 a.m and just start working immediately it was Whoa. incredible and i asked her i was like how do you have this kind of motivation and she's just like oh i love all my projects so much like i wake up excited to work on this stuff and i was like oh my god you're you are such a better artist than I am like oh my god wow and it's just watching that shit it's it's so helpful and she's somebody that'll tape her set you know what I mean like set up her video camera every time she's doing a set she wakes up in the morning she watches her set from the night before I'm like oh my god and you can see it interact she's brilliant yeah yeah just all like just so tight and everything yeah just having that kind of dedication I'm like oh man I can't I could not be bothered (laughs) but you you did it for the album I did I did do it for the album and I'm gonna I I have started to slowly work it in now because 
every time you hit a ceiling, you get hungry again. And you're like, okay, how do I level up again? And then you just start pushing yourself a little farther, a little farther and go, okay, I guess I'll wake up early to listen to myself like a narcissist. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I like how you're releasing it. Like you're right after the, right, right after, after Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. I just wanted something. I'm like, listen, if you just need to get away from your family for an hour. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think even on the Insta post I saw, it's like, yeah, here's something you can drown out your racist. Aunt yeah. In. <laughs> you know what I mean? We all need a break on the 26th. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah man. I'm just, I'm so excited to drop it. Cause I don't know if you've worked on a project for like that t- length of time before, but you just start getting sick of looking at it. I'm yeah. like, I just want this to be released and out in the world. Yeah, so were you holding on to this recording for a little bit? Um, It just, it's a longer process than I thought. And it was also, I thought I was going to be a lot quicker analyzing it than I did. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, it honestly took me, like, two months to edit through. Like, I wasn't edit, I was just shipping out what I thought my edits would be. You know what I mean? Like, I wasn't, like, mastering it or anything like that. I have no idea how any of that works. Uh, But even just, again, listening to myself going, what do I want out there permanently is so hard to figure (laughs) out. Like, I I cut a joke. And the joke did well, but I was just like, ah, it's just, it doesn't represent who I am. I don't really like it anymore. You know what I mean? So I, like, pulled out another joke. And, like, I did two shows. And the second show, there was only, like, 20 people at it. But I still used some of the jokes from the second show. Uh, The first show, they had to, honestly, they had to turn down the laugh track because there was one guy in the front row losing his mind. <laughs> I think it's the first time he ever went to comedy. Had I not been recording my album, I would have spent the entire hour talking to that man. I was like, you're the funniest person. He could just kept going, oh my God! <laughs> just like screaming out. If you listen to my album, you'll hear somebody say, oh my God, at least four times. <laughs> That's an amazing reaction. It's so too, funny. Yeah. Oh my God, I was losing it. I loved him so much. He was adorable. <laughs> yeah, shout outs to that guy. Yeah. And, uh, the album's called Buddy, It's right? called Buddy, yeah. Is, is the title, uh, like, I don't want to spoil too much, is the title after like a bit? you say no it's actually it's more of just like who i am like i was trying to be clever and i kept trying to think of these pun names and stuff like that but i'm just i say buddy all the time like i'm just like i'm a buddy you're a buddy we're all buddies yeah exactly and i used to have uh there's uh american comic uh shane murphy he would uh he would do this bit about how like I would say buddy too much and he would do it right after I would get off stage and it would absolutely destroy <laughs> and I just thought oh, I'm like oh that's that's the title and it was the title like when I told p- other comics I'm like oh it's gonna be called buddy they would all just shake they're like yeah that's it that's yeah, the yeah, one yeah. And I'm like oh, okay so this is the one you know what I mean yeah that's cool it's like part of you and like yeah there's there's layers to it too yeah. Yeah, yeah not that it's bad to have like a punny title or something like that but I just kept writing them and being like I don't know <laughs> Yeah. It just wasn't for me, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's sick. Album coming out. Yeah, I'm so excited. You're a rock star now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, what, that's what makes it, right? An yeah. Album. yeah it's, they say, like, all comedians want to be rock stars, and all rock stars, like, want to be comedians. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I understand it. Honestly, when I started doing comedy, and this is so, like, this is a lot darker than what you just said, but, like, after starting to do comedy, you really understand why rock stars have drug problems. Mm-hmm. Because the come down from stage is so crazy. Like, you get on stage and you, whatever. Me, I'm only performing, like, the most I've ever performed for is probably, like, 800 people, right? Yeah. So you get off stage and the adrenaline and the thrill from that is, like, it's intoxicating. It's insane. And then... And then what do you do? Like, uh, you go back to your hotel where it's quiet. and yeah, you, yeah. There's... You're like, let's keep this going. Like, yeah, it like feels you, so good. You're, yeah, you're yeah. chasing the dragon. So I can't even imagine 
on a scale of like whatever, like 10,000 people, 20,000 people, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're probably going to hit a little something after the show. You know what I mean? Like, that's got to be insane. Yeah, How do you come yeah. down from that? Yeah, and lots of people, like, uh, they'll look at, like, uh, a Chris Cornell or a Chester and just be like, How could that, like, happen? But, like... Of course. Every what, time it happens, I'm like, Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> of course, yes. Yeah, yeah, it totally makes sense. <laughs> no, but, it absolutely makes but, sense you know, That's me. true how you, you break it down. And, like, even um, after like on a way smaller level than yours like having like a really like great set that felt really good mm. i always thought i'm like oh i wish i could give that feeling to somebody but now as we're talking i'm like maybe not maybe no. that it's like a curse it's like, heroin yeah it's yeah. like it's so highly addictive yeah. it's crazy because i can't even put it into words in a way and even like thinking of it like i'm getting goosebumps on my arm because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, it's like it's uh it's something you can't explain it's like a, a feeling of like just like a rush like it's mm-hmm. like it's like taking drugs when you haven't like in a way it's just, oh yeah. yeah any little thing i get i'm just like oh that's such a spike you know what i mean yeah, yeah. like i you know what i mean if you tell a punchline and somebody spills their drink because they're laughing too hard you're like oh yes <laughs> yeah. oh pour it over me yes give me more and <laughs> then you're more. like can i make this level even higher yeah. it's like a demon whispering in the back of your head it's, it's like, so bad we're all narcissists <laughs> we're all so self-obsessed it's terrible <laughs> I was having a discussion with myself last night <laughs> but, <laughs> thinking about that. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, maybe but this has gone too far. <laughs> also, I think on the other hand, like comedy, like um, for like a viewer and stuff, there's there's so many people like fans who are obsessive about it, too. Cause mm. It makes them feel good. And lots of comedians are up there. They're like being true to themselves, like saying things that uh, maybe the average person would be self-conscious to say out loud, too. So I, I oh, feel yeah. like you in a way, too, it's not. Even though sometimes you could get in your head and be mm. like, oh, I'm such a narcissist. I'm on stage three times a night. Yeah. And but like what you're doing is actually like helping people and like even laughter. It's like the best thing in the world. Like to give somebody that. That's yeah. A, it's, it's a beautiful thing. You know? It's uh, like the highest compliment you can get after a show is not like you were great or you were so funny or the funniest person I've ever seen. It's always when you get somebody that comes up to you and they're so genuine and they're like, I've either been having a bad day, bad month, bad eight months, whatever it is. Sometimes you hear tragic stories. They're like, my brother died like three weeks ago. I haven't smiled. And they just like, they hug you and they're like, I really needed this. And you're like, fuck. Oh my God. That melts my heart every time. Like I just, that's the best. That's the highest compliment you can receive. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And after getting a couple of those, like, how can you quit? You know? Oh yeah. Well, sometimes I just feel like I'm like, oh, somebody else will fill the slot. You (laughs) know what I mean? Like there's like thousands of us that are hungry for stage (laughs) time. Somebody will fill up your spot. Well, I hope not for you, Rebecca. I'm I'm a a new fan. I'm excited to listen to this album, The Drown Out My Racist Family as well. That's actually a lie. They're not racist. And my mom listens to this show and she's probably just like heard that. I was like, what? But but, uh, no, this is cool. You're doing awesome things. Thanks for coming out on the rainiest, snowy day. Like, I really enjoyed talking to you. And maybe down the road we can get you in again. Oh, of course. Anytime. Audio document your journey. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, where are you in six months? Yeah, we'll do it. Yeah, awesome. Thanks again, Rebecca. Hey, guys, hope you enjoyed that episode. Like always, we're going to end this one with a song. And I ended up telling that story where I bombed in front of a lot of people I respect. And here's a track from one of them. (laughs) This is from Shoddy Hora, all the way from the UK. And one of the few things I remember in my haze afterwards is just uh, when I was leaving... 
talking to him. I'm like, sorry, bro. I'm so high right now. And his reply was so comforting. Hand on my shoulder. Like, it happens, bruv. It happens. It happens, bruv. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for being awesome, shoddy horror. And this is a huge track. This is actually, I think it's featured on a Dead Mouse album. Dead Mouse on the beat. And definitely come to think of it next time, uh, Shoddy's in Toronto. I'm going to have to get him on an episode of the show. But once again, thanks for listening to this one. And another reminder that Rebecca's album comes out on the 26th of December. Buddy, check it out. And we're going to leave you with this, Dead Mouse featuring Shoddy Hora. And this song is called Legendary. Fuck drugs, I guess they don't wear Buddy, I don't need no shit. Probably need Jesus, but I don't go church. I'm on this hotel floor trying to soul set. Pop a couple more, they won't hit. My mind on my buddy, which one will go fast? Keep your weed, I don't smoke dead. Mine will put you on your back like gold bed. Yes, yes, rock and roll, brother. Got face that was made for the Rolling Stone cover. Game money like a coke pusher. My pocket's looking like a skinny t shirt on Bone Crusher. On the road like Roadrunner Wait the food and it looked like a phone number She saw the poker and asked me if I would call for her Once I hit that it feels like a stone cold stunner Gump. Try to give a draw to the proper skunk But she prefers the whites like Donald Trump Wish somebody would stop popping up So I could put them on ice like a hockey puck Rap gotta catch a buddy like Bobby Wood Two against choice like Rocky Boxing with Tommy Gunn What the fuck? Everybody turn Hollywood At symbol hashtag please follow us Snapchat filters doing what I got the wood Instagram bitches editing the body up Fuck em. biggest balls in the universe Rumors you can see my notes using Google Earth Rappers coming for me, I ain't too concerned I tell the very best one of them, come and do your worst Legendary.